Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. We have been expecting you. <laughs> the Chaotic Sports Podcast is underway. And good evening, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of the Chaotic Sports Podcast. Tonight, we are presented by the Grid Sports Network. Dare to be different? Step into the grid. The new leaders in digital media, sports, and entertainment. I'm your host, content creator, and executive producer, Patrick Brown. And what a very special episode we have tonight. Twas the night before Christmas chaos. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are less than... 24 hours away from it being Christmas Eve and the big holiday itself, which will fall on Sunday. I hope everybody is staying safe and warm in these sub-zero temperatures, wherever you may be tonight. I know it's here in in the Midwest, in my city, we had roughly maybe an inch of snow, but it's still blistering cold outside, but we've got a great show tonight. Um... A lot to dive into. I've been away for a few days. Haven't done a an episode since I think it was around Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm feeling a little bit better than what I was. But I will address that at the end of the show. Our topics for tonight. The Dallas Cowboys look to avoid a Grinch game against division rival Philadelphia tomorrow afternoon at 325 Central Time at AT&T Stadium, which is... America's Game of the Week on Fox. I give you my prediction and what I think this game will mean for the Cowboys moving forward as we continue to somehow gain traction, but we'll see how the game plays out. Coach Dion Prime uh, Time Sanders loses his final game as uh, Jackson State's uh, head football coach in the uh, Celebration Bowl as he prepares to uh, he's already took the job at Colorado. I've got some things I'd like to talk about as far as him taking the position of Colorado and some of the negativity that's been uh, said about him over the last couple weeks. The Minnesota Vikings complete the biggest comeback in NFL history against the Indianapolis Colts. What 
a tale of two halves for both of these teams. I give you my chaotic reasoning behind Minnesota's comeback and what this means for them moving forward as they uh, have pretty much won the NFC North and pretty much in the number two seed right now. But cause for concern for the Minnesota Vikings moving forward. Who wins the holiday ratings this weekend between the NFL and the NBA? Who would have thought that we have NFL on Saturday or Christmas Eve and the NBA on Sunday along with a slate of NFL games that not necessarily entertaining, but I think we all know what which sport is going to win Saturday and, and who's going to win on Sunday as far as you know both sports doing something that hasn't been done in a while and we'll we'll see how this plays out i'll give you my take on that uh, i'm gonna give you some my favorite christmas movie and my favorite christmas gift of all time um along with some memories um i know this is a very special holiday for some and a lot of us who are celebrating without you know some loved ones that you know have passed on and transitioned to 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 the next life i'll give you my sentiments and you might want to grab some some kleenexes for that particular segment uh no enough from the clown or chaotic truth is this week with it being christmas i decided not to have those particular segments on the show tonight i wanted to try to keep it entertaining and sentimental for a number of reasons so wherever you may be tonight if you're drinking your hot cocoa or your eggnog or your beverage or getting ready to open up gifts with your family I hope everybody is safe and warm because i tell you what please do not be out in this weather unless you have to but we are going to get started with The Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles tomorrow afternoon, 325 Central Time at AT AT&T Stadium. This game is going to be very entertaining. Reason I say that, both teams have been looking forward to this since mid-October when they met in Philadelphia and the Eagles won uh, 26-17. I'll say this much. The Eagles, I'm not putting anything past them at this point. Yeah, they have the best record in the NFL at thirteen at fourteen at thirteen and one, if I'm not mistaken. Thirteen and one. Dallas were sitting at ten and four. In all truthfulness, Dallas has really looked inconsistent the last month or so offensively. We can look at the Jacksonville Jaguars game as the the offense spotted the defense a 17-point lead. The defense had a meltdown in the second and midway through the third quarter into the fourth. It felt like the Green Bay game all over again. And with that, the Jacksonville Jaguars won the game. But I'm going to circle back to the Indianapolis Colts game where where the Cowboys really started to feel themselves after that the the Colts game and the uh the Minnesota game, you know, the week of Thanksgiving. 
throughout the course of those couple weeks or so, they got caught up in the courtship of trying to sign OBJ. Sitting courtside, you know, OBJ, Micah Parsons, and Trayvon Diggs, you know, at the Mavericks game and whatnot. Dak Prescott, you know, nowhere to be found, which was probably a good thing since he was, you know, getting ready for the next game, you know, playing to play the uh, Indianapolis Colts, if I'm not mistaken. It was either the Colts or the Texans that week. And this team somehow, some way, will let me down in the first few minutes of the game. Inconsistent play calling. But the problem stems from once we beat the Vikings, we looked ahead. Like, okay, we can, you know, we can cruise our way through these next three games. And no big deal, you know, just do what we got to do. Put up some points, make it look like we did something special. Nearly lost to the Texans, but it took Dak Prescott leading the charge with a 98-yard game-winning drive. And then it took, it was a, how do I put this? The Dallas Cowboys inconsistent play calling against in the Jacksonville Jaguars game, in which we led 27-10. to 10. I kept saying to myself, the game's not over. The game's not over, fellas. Do not take your pedal, do not take your foot off the pedal because the Jacksonville Jaguars had nothing to lose. The game was sold out. Now, Trevor Lawrence is as good as advertised. We know that. But this team has arrived sooner than later. They beat the Cowboys in overtime off of a, a Dak Prescott pick six in which Noel Brown it coughed up out of his hands and then the corner took it back the other way for, you know, pretty much the walk-off touchdown. This game tomorrow, Saturday afternoon, December 24th, is going to feel like a don't let the Grinch steal Christmas, meaning don't let the Eagles, the Grinch, take this game away from us and embarrass us on Christmas Eve. Both teams have looked forward to this game. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to lose. Now, Jalen Hurts has been uh, ruled out of this game and possibly the remainder of the season with the AC uh, sprain in his right throwing shoulder, which he suffered last week in the uh, Chicago Bears game. Jalen Hurts has been playing some really good football, ladies and gentlemen. I can't refute that. There's been a lot of talk over the last couple weeks between the Cowboys and the Eagles, Micah saying, you know, it's it's the system. Jalen Hurts is a product of the system. And it's the reason why he's an MVP candidate. It's it's one thing to, you know, you give your opponent props. But at that particular moment in time, Micah should have been focused on the Jaguars. The Eagles were focused on the Bears. But for some strange reason... Whenever adversity rises with this team, we play our best football. Now, Gardner Minshew is going to start for the Eagles on Saturday afternoon. We've got a really good offensive line. Miles Sanders is running the, running the football pretty good. Uh, A.J. Brown is having a career revival in Philadelphia, playing with in the Philadelphia Eagles offensive scheme. Devontae Smith is one of the best 1B receivers. 
Dallas Goddard is a pretty good tight end. But here's what I see is going to end up hurting the Dallas Cowboys in the opening drive for the Philadelphia Eagles if we don't get a clamp on this early. I think Quez Watkins for the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be the unsung hero of this offense. Here's why. He's a very good down-the-field threat in, in the deep ball. He will go and get in space, and you look up, he could be taking it to the house. My Cowboys defense is secondary. Has to be accountable for him. You have to know where he's at on the field. You can try to take away A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, but Quez Watkins is the one player, whoever is on that side of the field and in coverage, you have to know where he's at. You cannot let the ball get downfield to his hands. I believe that's what Philadelphia is going to try to do. They know that Dallas is going to try to take away A.J. Brown. You mean he's going to get his. Devontae Smith, he's going to get his. But Quest Watkins is the one player that I'm kind of worried about right now as a Cowboys fan. This run defense has been atrocious. I, I kid you not. It's went from a pass rush to a pass hush. Had one sack. That was early. I believe it was early in the first quarter against the Jaguars. Micah had that sack. I need this defense to clamp down tomorrow afternoon. I need my defense to play the best game that they can play since the Minnesota Vikings game, which was the week of Thanksgiving. I need Trayvon Diggs to not gamble. Because if he gambles, A.J. Brown's going to be going down the sideline for a bomb to the end, to the end zone. I need Kelvin Joseph to eliminate the distractions and play some ball and grow up. De- Deron Bland has been a godsend for this for this secondary as a rookie. He has been a godsend with the injuries to Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. He has been playing some really good football. I need Micah to get to the quarterback. I don't need him trying to gamble himself. But what did Philadelphia do in the first matchup? Because he's not good against trying to get him in space or he to get him on the move and get him in you make your make a decision to take the quarterback or take the running back. This is going to be a game of chess. It's going to be a chess match. Philadelphia has the high powered offense, but they have their backup quarterback. Dak is back under center, and we went six and two since he's been over the last eight games. The two losses coming against the Green Bay Packers in overtime and the Jaguars in overtime. I need my offense to cash in as much as possible. Seven points will have create some cushion. Settling for three is not going to get it done against the Philadelphia Eagles. One thing I will say. Whichever team is more prepared to play from the start is likely going to be the the team who wins tomorrow. We all know that the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is not that great. Penalties, penalties, penalties. Inconsistent play calling. Kellen Moore does not commit to the run. It's pass-happy offense with him. You want to push the ball downfield. 
if I'm Mike McCarthy and I'm the head coach, get the run game established early. Get Zeke and Pollard, feed them early. Get Pollard in space. The offensive line has got to create some lanes for these guys to run the football. Don't go out and try to gamble on first and second down. Do not fall behind first to 15, second and 17, and then you're looking at a third and long and it's a three and out. That's not going to win a ball game, a very critical, pivotal ball game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, on the Philadelphia side of things, they have nothing to lose at this point. If all they got to do is win two of their next three games and they've got the number one seed. Now, the question is, can Gardner Minshew win two of those three games? Because after the Dallas game, they've got the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants to close out the season. Both of them are at home. The New Orleans Saints could play spoiler, if truth be told. And then the end of the uh, division, the end of their regular season against the New York Giants, which by then the New York Giants are going to need all the help they can get. All they got to do is win out to get in. Because Detroit is slowly but surely sneaking up on the uh, the New York Giants due to the head-to-head matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles, if they're smart, I'd rest Jalen Hurts until the postseason. I would not risk him, you know, separating that shoulder any more than what it is right now. Because if that were to happen, I think the Eagles could be one and done. As great as they have been, and their lone loss coming against division rival Washington on a Monday night game a few weeks ago, the Philadelphia Eagles are pretty much in the driver's seat in the NFC. I would put the 49ers slightly above them because Kyle Shanahan is a is a much better coach than Nick Sirianni. I think the 49ers roster is better than Philadelphia's. The one thing that irks me about Philadelphia is that they do a lot of talking. And it's been a lot of talk. You got to, you know, you know, juice up your own ego f- for this game, no pun intended. Because Philly wants to beat Dallas. Dallas wants to beat Philly. It's usually the stars come out at night and they have to show up. I need C.D. Lamb to play the best game of his career tomorrow afternoon. I need Dalton Schultz. I need Michael Gallup to reappear because this 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 game to us is, is very important. I don't think I will be able to handle my Saturday festivities at my family gathering for the Christmas party and the Cowboys lose. That Grinch would still Christmas for Cowboys fans. And if that happens, it's going to be a long Christmas weekend before our next game uh, Thursday night in Nashville against the Titans and what could be a very entertaining game and some playoff implications for the Tennessee Titans because the Jacksonville Jaguars are not out of this yet. They are in the rear they are in Tennessee's rearview mirror. And with Ryan Tannehill being done for the season and Malik Hooker starting the the rest of the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars could win this AFC South, ladies and gentlemen. The Tennessee Titans 
just a few weeks ago were seven and three, seven and three, and they were sitting in the if number three seed in the AFC uh, playoff uh, picture. Now they're slowly but surely going down. They've lost four straight games. And they look like a team that is going to be out of the playoff race. Back to the to the game at hand. The Dallas Cowboys know that this game will be a make or break to some extent. Adversity, controversy, all the noise, the lofty expectations for this team. Whenever that all rears its ugly head, this team plays their best football. Backs against the wall, us against the media, us against the haters, and everything else in between. The Dallas Cowboys had to show up tomorrow from start to finish. They had to play 60 minutes of complete football. Do not build a double-digit lead and then watch it evaporate. Do not leave Philadelphia any benefit of the doubt that they can come back and win this game. Get into their heads early. I need Kellen Moore. Commit to the run. Run the football. Boring is, is always good. It's not pretty, but it's the safe, the safe play calling that you need in order to win a very important game. Now there's been a lot of talk that the Eagle could the Cowboys still get the number one seed. Well, they'll have to win all three games, and the Eagles would have to lose three games. That's how that plays out because, as it sits right now, Philadelphia has the number one seed. Dallas has the number five seed. That number one seed is very coveted right now in both AFC and NFC because both of those teams get that seed, and the two through the rest of the field has to play. Now, Philadelphia, we'll we'll we'll, eventually, we'll know more about Jalen Hurts' AC joint, uh, the AC uh, the shoulder injury. After this week, you know, I don't, I still don't believe he's going to play the remainder of the season just to play it safe because what, what's, what's there, what's there to lose? You put him out there, he gets hurt, he breaks his collarbone or something, a freak injury. The Philadelphia Eagles are done, ladies and gentlemen. Can Gardner miss you be Nick Foles 2.0? I don't think so. I don't think he can do that. That was just a magical run that they had in 2017 whenever Carson Wentz went down and inserted Nick Foles. That was a magic carpet ride. Well, for Dallas, AT&T Stadium is going to be very, very tense. It's going to be very loud, even though it's right at maybe 30 degrees at kickoff time, but the weather won't affect us because we play indoors and the, the uh, roof will be closed. But the adrenaline is going to be very high for this game. I plan on sitting in front of the TV watching it before the festivities start later in the afternoon. I will take the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. And I hope they win convincingly. Give me 38 to 20. 38 to 20. Because I believe that this game is going to give the Cowboys some mojo going into into the final two weeks of the regular season. It's not going to be pretty football at first, but I believe that this team is built for these moments, as we've seen in recent memory 
The fans are going to be energized. The players are going to feed off of that. But I need all hands on deck from the first quarter of the start of the first quarter to the very end. If we get complacent and we start giving point, leaving points on the field, it, it's not going to be pretty. I want to wipe that smirk off of Nick Sirianni's face for this game. I cannot tolerate him. I am a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan since 1991, and I dislike the Philadelphia Eagles. I really do. That is the one team in the entire division that I cannot stand. It's always been they're the they're the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the city of Philadelphia embodies. It's it's a they're all local fans, whereas they say the Dallas Cowboys fans are. Fair weather and global and whatnot. That doesn't matter. We all know that the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest team in professional sports. That's that says a lot. It's the star in the helmet with the stars. Philadelphia has a really good team, but tomorrow we're going to see who the, the we're going to see who the NFC East beast is tomorrow. And I hope that my Cowboys are victorious. I don't need guys checking out mentally once we build a double-digit lead. I need everybody to stay in the game. Keep their head in the game. Do not let up. Because once you start to do that, you start making more mistakes. You start playing cat and mouse. The play calling gets stupid by the possession. And you look up. We got ourselves a ball game. I don't want the the Philadelphia Eagles to go in there and steal Christmas, Cowboys Nation. I do not want that. You shouldn't want it either. Because if that happens, can you imagine all the media pundits on Monday? Especially Stephen A. Smith. He is going to be on one, and he'll put it on his social media, mainly IG with his cowboy hat on and his little snicker in his laugh trolling us and then you know it'll be on from there but Cowboys Nation let's hope for our Christmas to start on the right note with a big win over Philadelphia tomorrow afternoon 38 to 20 Dallas moving on to the one of the more interesting stories in college football over the last couple of weeks. Coach Dion Primetime Sanders coached his last game at Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl, in which they lost 41 to 34 over North Carolina Central. Everybody was, it was a pretty good game. The Jackson State Tigers didn't get it done. As we see, you know, leading into the um, the game itself, Coach Prime was very emotional because it was his last game, and he had just took the the job at you know at Colorado, you know, er, midway through the week. And there's been a lot of chatter about his stance on bailing out on. Jackson State and HBCU. I'm going to say this. 
And I know that it's not going to be very pretty, but there's chaos, and I'm the voice of reason. I'm going to say some things that are truthful and that needs to be said. I feel as a as a black man in America and what we have to go through in our society as uh, as a community one thing or two that rubbed me the wrong way about coach prime taking the job at Colorado which I have zero problem with zero going to a power 5 you have to strike while the iron is hot. Let's let's just let's get down to the nitty gritty, shall we? A lot of negative press from from the media to some extent. You know, talking about you know Coach Prime, you know, bailed on Jackson State. Let me say this: when Coach Prime arrived at Jackson State. They had poor facilities. He invested his own money into upgrading those facilities. New uniforms for the team. They had the second most uniforms to the Oregon Ducks, who are a Nike school and their biggest donor and alumni, you know, the founder of Nike himself, Phil Knight. Coach Prime did more in three years than most coaches do in five on the NC on the collegiate level. When Coach Prime arrived, it was a hot mess. Players didn't have proper attire for for traveling purposes. They looked like a some would say an AAU team, and they had on street clothes. Some had on team apparel. It was a hot mess. He came in there. He reset the culture. He planned, He started planting a tree. A coaching tree. Laying down the, pl- the blueprint. On what you can do. And how to be successful. He invested his time. And money out of his own pocket. Just because he cared about the kids. How many coaches. Across. High school and collegiate sports. Can say that they care about the kids. We recruit them. We want them to come play for our schools. But do we care about them on the next level of life after sports? Coach Prime, in the midst of chaos, was looked down upon by some people that said, it's all about Prime. We know what happened between him and Eddie Robinson, and which was who is Swack, which became a t-shirt. Later on, because Eddie Robinson, you know, Jr. had a big conniption fit that Prime didn't, you know, acknowledge him before the game and whatnot. Then, in the midst of a water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi, who was the one that was making sure that the kids had a place to go in in hotel rooms so they can have clean water to bathe and do what they needed to do on a regular basis due to the government and the state of Mississippi failing those failing the citizens in Jackson, Mississippi. Who was in the forefront of that to make sure that everybody was okay? 
I didn't see local and governmental officials out there trying to help those kids. Coach Prime was out there. Now, when he took the job at Colorado, he was labeled a sellout. He sold them on a dream and then bailed. He didn't fulfill his promises. I'm going to say this. To all the alumni in the HBCU, when was the last time that you wrote a check to your to your school? If you're alumni and you're all about the HBCU, when was the last time you donated some money to your to the programs? When was the last time you wrote a check? Before you call someone else a sellout, look at yourself in the mirror. Because it's not you we tear let's get my words together. We as a people build each other up and then tear each other down at the same time. We're not it's it's it is a dangerous cycle. What did Coach Prime have to work with? He had limited resources. He was given half of his salary back to the school so they can so he, the coaches could get paid and whatnot. Here's another thing he did. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You you know college, uh, a college game that it comes on ESPN, right? That was the first time they had been to an HBCU a few weeks uh, earlier in the middle of the season for the homecoming game. Who helped make that happen? Coach Prime. You see the energy that Pat McAfee had. He wanted to go back. He didn't want to leave. You so you can everybody can say all the all the ones who's calling Prime a quote unquote sellout. Coach Prime did a lot in three years. Most college coaches do in five. These universities give these coaches seven, ten year deals and don't do a doggone thing. Scandal, controversy, adversity, but yet, if you don't, if you're not, if you don't, if you're not, if you don't look the part, or you don't talk big terminology with analytics and all this other stuff, you don't get the job. We see a lot of retreaded head coaches in sports. Auburn, in my opinion, made the biggest mistake by not hiring Coach Prime. They hired Hugh Freeze. When's the last time we heard about Hugh Freeze? The Ole Miss scandal. Lane Kiffin. He he signed a, a contract extension with Ole Miss because Auburn was trying to pry him away. What has Lane Kiffin been known for? Scandal at U, uh, Tennessee. USC was out of Florida Atlantic. Then he went back to Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. And then he went to Ole Miss. When Coach Prime wanted... To be interviewed for a Power 5. I thought Auburn was going to be the logical destination. Under Armour School. Uh, Bo Jackson and Charles Barkley. Two of the cornerstone players who played at Auburn Sports. In their pers- uh, pers- respective sports in football and basketball. They campaigned and lobbied for Coach Prime to come to Auburn. And what they do? 
They hired Hugh Freeze. So that was a missed opportunity right there. Colorado seized the moment. They went for it. They said, if we're going to get a coach that's going to build a program and get us to where we're trying to go, this is the guy for the job. And they did just that. Coach Prime fulfilled something and fulfilled in three years. He planted a tree. He has a coaching tree now. There is a culture of excellence and expectation to win every week. Just because he's not there anymore, that doesn't mean this program should fall off. Now, moving on into the Colorado side of things. More resources. And I think that those coaches that he's hiring now, some of them from Jackson State followed him to Colorado. The transfer portion has been been filled with exception, exceptional talent. The number one recruit in Travis Hunter is joining him. And Shador, his son, who's the quarterback, is joining him as well. And I think Shiloh may be headed up there as well. And I was listening to the podcast episode he did with uh, Shannon Sharp from Club Shay Shay. Great podcast. Check that out on your on your uh, next uh, next podcast episode. Go check out Club Shay Shay. Just just hearing Coach Prime, you know, talk about everything that was going on at Jackson State and everything that's been said in the media. What people fail to realize is he did more with less. He did more with less money. He didn't have the resources. And when you have to go in your own pocket to take care of these kids, a lot of coaches aren't going to do that, ladies and gentlemen. Now we have the NIL deal and the hypocrisy that's followed from coaches in the collegiate sports uh, landscape has been utterly disappointing. I'll say this. Coach Prime is going to do a sensational job at Colorado in a matter of three years. This team has not been irrelevant in college football for a while. It has been a middle-of-the-road team in the Pac-12. So, he's going to win. He's expected to win. He has a winner's mentality. Everywhere he's went, he's won on in college, in professional football, and on in the SWAC and HBCU, and now being at a Power 5. If this team goes, wins 12 games this coming season and gets to the Pac-12 championship and wins it, a year from now, we're going to be sitting here talking about Colorado Buffaloes competing in the college football playoff against the likes of Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Georgia. Who knows? With the expanded field and everything, Colorado just has to win the Pac-12. And I think they will, which means it's going to be scary hours and when they, whenever they have to go against USC, UCLA, Oregon, Utah. Those are the four teams that are going to stand in their way in winning the Pac-12 championship because Utah won it this year by, by beating USC. UCLA had a pretty good year. Cal had an okay year. Oregon's always going to be there, even though they got 
mollywhopped by Georgia week one and still won double-digit games, if I'm not mistaken. The Pac-12 is wide open. And with USC and UCLA, uh, UCLA leaving for the Big Ten in a couple of years, it's Colorado's conference to win. Unless Oregon's going to have something to say about it. Utah's going to have something to say about it. But right now, the excitement and buzz around is Colorado. Now, if the next three or four years, who's to say Texas or Oklahoma doesn't give him a call? Hey, Prime, uh, you want to come? You want to come down to Texas? We'll, we'll we'll make you one of the highest paid coaches, college coaches in the nation. We got wonderful resources. Uh, we know you can recruit Oklahoma. That would be an ideal spot. With them moving into the SEC, they're going to need a head coach that could go toe-to-toe with the likes of Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Tennessee's on the rise again. Florida had a down year. South Carolina, I mean, the SEC is always going to be the big boy conference in college football, the best conference in college football. You don't think Oklahoma and Texas is going to be watching Coach Prime over the next three years to try to pry him away from Colorado? Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned because I would not rule it out over the next three years. But Prime right now is planning another tree in Colorado. I believe they're going to be very good. And they're going to be a team that's going to be in the college football playoff discussion this time next year. Mark my words. It, it's coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming, and I'm excited for him. And I hope that he does very well. For as far as Jackson State goes, I think they'll be okay. But can they pick up where Coach Prime left off? We're going to see. Moving on to what was a very, very interesting football game last Saturday evening or afternoon between the Minnesota Vikings and the Indianapolis Colts. It was a tell of two halves. I'll say that much. Indianapolis jumped out to a 33-0 lead. You say to yourself, Indianapolis is going to win this game. There's nowhere they're going to lose this because no team in the history of NFL had come back from that kind of deficit. Ever, if I'm not mistaken. Boy, was we entertained. It was Minnesota pretty much Going into halftime, making adjustments, and they got hot real quick. Indianapolis crumbled. They crumbled. It was little to the desire if you're a Colts fan. It was the biggest disappointment I'd ever seen in a regular season football game. It was bad. Colts fans was all but... Probably, they turned the TV off of one about their day. I was at the barbershop getting my hair cut, and I seen the score on my phone. I was like, oh, Indianapolis has got this game under wraps. I mean, in Minnesota's about to be upset of the week. Nope. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, that offensive line, they got rolling in the second half. The Indianapolis Colts, they went night-night, as the great Steph Curry says. The, the Minnesota Vikings 
just put the Colts to bed. And man, oh man. Who lost money on that game? If you bet money on that game, you probably lost quite a bit. Kirk Cousins, ladies and gentlemen, is is one of those guys you, you just can't rule out. As bad as he is in primetime games, if it's at 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, he's probably going to show up and put up big numbers. The player that I most feel sorry for, Matt Ryan, because he's been on the wrong side of collapses. We all know the infamous 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl against the Patriots in 2016, in which they had a 25-point lead. He had a 33-point lead against the Minnesota Vikings, which was going to be the upset of the weekend, of week, of week 15. I would have never thought that that would happen again. Anybody didn't think that it would happen again. If you had told me that the Minnesota Vikings was going to come back from 33 points down and win 39-33 over the Indianapolis Colts, I would have stayed away from that bet. I would have. Because looking at this Minnesota Vikings defense, their pass defense is atrocious. We all know that. It ranks 31st in the league. They can stop the run, but... They can't stop the pass. And the Colts receivers are looking like Pro Bowl players against a a secondary with Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, and some other guys. The Indianapolis Colts should be ashamed of themselves. They really should be ashamed of themselves. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you honestly believe that Jeff Saturday is the coach of the future for the Indianapolis Colts? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He is not the coach for this team moving forward. I just don't see how and why this happened. But, again, this goes to show you and tell you that the Colts mentally checked out this game. They thought it was over. We got this game. Let's just coast through it. Nope. You still have another half of football to play. I don't get this. I don't think I do. But in the midst of chaos, there's got to be reason. There's got to be a voice of reason. And the final score of that game was 39-36 because the, the Vikings hit a walk-off field goal. I just don't know how I would feel if I were in that stadium as a Colts fan. Minnesota fans stayed it out to the very end. And they got a a very entertaining game. Colts, Indianapolis Colts, Matt Ryan, call it a career. Just call it a career, Matt Ryan. You should. I I don't see he doesn't have anything left in him. This will be the third straight year that the Indianapolis Colts have won with a veteran quarterback 
and they've lost. It's time to get younger. You've got Jim Ursay, who's one of the more outspoken owners in the NFL outside of Jerry Jones. Chris Ballard is getting the benefit of the doubt that, you know, next now he'll be back next year. This Indianapolis Colts team, it's time to hit the reset button. It is time to get younger at quarterback. You have to. For the Minnesota Vikings, I believe they're going to be a one and done in the postseason. Wouldn't that be nice if the Detroit Lions and Minnesota Vikings matched up in the in the first round of wild card weekend and the Lions won? Wouldn't that be an upset? I would probably take that. I would take the Lions in an upset or the Vikings if the chips fell in the right places. But right now, I think the Giants are, excuse me, the Giants have the seventh seed right now. The Lions are in sixth place. So they would play the 49ers, who are the three seed. The NFC South is wide open because a team with a losing record is going to host the five seed, which is probably going to be the Dallas Cowboys. But the Minnesota Vikings, they're not going real far in the playoffs because that was just a miracle. You might as well say that was the Minneapolis Miracle Part 2. How that game started and how it ended in dramatic fashion. What looked to be a landslide upset turned into the Vikings changing the course and upsetting coming back in from the biggest point de- deficit in NFL history. Not too many teams can say they've done that. It's crazy. It is one of the most crazy stats I've ever seen. But boy, we were entertained. That was the best game of last weekend in week 15. The Dolphins and Bills game was pretty entertaining considering the the weather elements that the Dolphins were playing in and the snow and wind and everything else. But we're going to see what this Minnesota Vikings team is really about when we get to the postseason. We are going to see. Moving on to the holiday festivities. We've got the NFL Week 16 games tomorrow. We've got some good ones. And we have some good NBA games on Sunday. Excuse me. Along with some NFL. Excuse me. Let's see here. Saturday, we've got NFL. We've got, let's see, our schedule. Let's see. We've got the Bills and the Bears from Chicago. That's going to be a very cold game. I don't expect a whole lot of scoring. Saints and Browns, that, yeah, not much to see there. Texas and Titans can go either way because the Titans are fighting for their playoff lives. Chiefs and Seahawks is going to be a cold, blistering game. Giants, Vikings, yeah, maybe. Bengals, Patriots, I'll take the Bengals. Lions and Panthers has playoff implications right now for the for the Detroit Lions. They win and they're one they only need to win is two more games and they're likely in the playoffs, if not all three. We've got the Falcons and Ravens, little to see there. Uh com- Commanders of 49ers. That could be an entertaining game. And then our Christmas Eve Saturday night game is between the Raiders and the Steelers. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the 
the family and friends of Steelers legend Franco Harris, uh, who Franco Harris who passed away on uh, Wednesday afternoon, I believe Wednesday morning. Uh, Seventy-two years old, um, in the Hall of Fame. You be all the most memorable the the immaculate reception that he had. Uh, I believe it was against the Raiders. So this is like the fiftieth anniversary of of that particular game and whatnot. And he was supposed to have his jersey retired and you know put in the Steelers Ring of Honor. I was hoping that they would put the Cowboys and Eagles game at. 715 on NFL Network but we've got the 325 game NFL can be entertaining but I think the biggest game of the NFL weekend is going to be Dallas and Philadelphia I think it can get a lot of ratings because one thing we do know the Dallas Cowboys are going to rake in the ratings for the NFL one way or another regardless if it's a losing record or winning record just like Thanksgiving Everybody's going to be sitting around their television drinking eggnog and hot cocoa and eating appetizers watching the Dallas Cowboys game and what's going to be a Nipotuck game from the start. But that's probably the only good game that's on the slate of NFL for the weekend. We could there be could be some other games that be entertaining, but we all know that the NFL is king of the ratings, but we do have NBA games on Christmas Day, which when the schedule came out, we were looking at the Grizzlies Grizzlies and Warriors as the entertaining game of the day. No Steph Curry, and the Ja Morant has been doing a lot of talking along with his teammates. They're not looking, they're look more, they're looking, uh, they're not worried about anybody in the Western Conference. Now, I'll say this leading into our, our NBA topic of, of the of the show. The Memphis Grizzlies are a very young team. We all know John Morant is sensational. They have been looking forward to this game since the their playoff series with Golden State ended, in which John didn't play games. Three, the rest of the series after game three because he had a knee injury. So the Grizzlies have kind of circled this game when the schedule came out. And NBA fans were intrigued that this was going to be, uh, we were going to have a great slate of games. We've got the Grizzlies and Warriors. The Warriors are struggling right now. And they look like the best team at home. But they have been God awful on the road. It was a rough, rough road trip for them in the in this uh, state of New York, losing to the Knicks, and then Kevin Durant. Pretty much, I don't know. I'll, I'll say this: I don't believe that I've seen a team score ninety one points in the first half in the NBA game. I had to double check the score. I'm thinking, really, is that really a score right now? Yes, the, the the Golden State Warriors are, it's not so golden right now in the Bay Area. It's not. And with their leader, Steph Curry out, and this team just struggling just, you know, to put it together. I would not put it past Memphis on Sunday that they'll beat Golden State. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I know the Warriors are a really good team at home. 
But the Grizzlies have to back it up. They have to back it up because a lot of chatter. It's going to be an entertaining game. I'm just, if you're a Warriors fan, and I know I defended them quite a few times on my show over the last few months. But man, y'all got to get it together. That's that's no joke. This, I, I, don't, I don't think that I've seen a team coming off of a championship season and being this bad. We know the Rams in the NFL won the Super Bowl, and they're eliminated from playoff contention in the NFL. When was the last time a Super Bowl champion not the, to be eliminated from the playoffs? Aaron Donald's done for the year. No Matthew Stafford. No Cooper Cup. This Rams team looks horrible. And I was looking at them and the Golden State Warriors who won their, their championships respectively. And I kept saying to myself, as talented as, these, as both of these teams are in winning championships... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's usually the loser of the finals and the Super Bowl who have hangovers. They have that 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 championship hangover. You know, they start off rough and that has been the case for the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL and the Boston Celtics in the NBA. It hasn't. It's it's something is 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 it right? I know Steph Curry is the, the greatest shooter we've ever seen. He's out with the shoulder injury. We don't know how long he's gonna be out. Clay Thompson hasn't has been on and off. Draymond is I don't know, Draymond's just putting up typical Draymond numbers. They invested a lot into Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. But looking at Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. These guys have got to step up, man. I'm, I'm. You just got to call it like you see it. These young guys have got to step up without their leader. Just because Steph is not there, that doesn't mean they slack off. And I know Steph, as much as he probably wants to play tomorrow, they're going to play safe because, you know, there's a lot of basketball left, and they're going to need him at full strength to start the new calendar year and try to get these things going in the right, shit, in the, uh, the right direction. Because the way it looks right now, the Warriors look like, could they possibly be a play-in team right now? I, I haven't checked the standings, but, man, I I don't, I think them missing the, the play-in tournament would be just, just, just bad. I mean, they ridiculed the Lakers last year for missing the playoff tournament, the play-in tournament, and the champion, you know, the 2022 champion, Golden State Warriors, Missing the playoffs, I mean, I mean it. Coming off of a championship year in which they won it all, I mean the media would probably rib them a little bit, but I can't say I blame them. But they've got it's pretty much the same team with the exception of you know, maybe you know uh, Toscano Anderson is gone and Gary Payton the second is gone, but this team is pretty much still intact. I don't know what's going on. 
I, I really don't. I, I can't put my finger on it, but hopefully they'll put together, uh, they'll keep it a, a respectable game and try to keep it close, but Memphis has got all the energy going into this game in uh, the Chase Center on Sunday afternoon, which is the, the 4 o'clock game here in the in the Midwest. Looking at this, the NBA games for Sunday, we've got the Lakers and the Mavericks. That's going to be an entertaining game. LeBron, Luka, and no Anthony Davis, who's out indefinitely with the foot injury to at least January. The Lakers are 1-2 since AD's been gone. LeBron's probably going to have to carry this team through at least January. As poorly as constructed as this team is, LeBron James can only do so much. The Mavericks got out to a good start, but they're kind of in the middle, a middle-tier team right now. Luka's playing like an MVP. Christian Wood has been a nice addition. Dorian uh, Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., these guys can can get hot early, and I do believe that that could be entertaining game. I think Luka and LeBron will go bucket a bucket, but I think it'll come down to coaching. That's what it's going to come down to. Jason Kidd, Darvin Ham, the Lakers. What Lakers team is going to show up? It's Christmas Day game. We always want to see the best players. On Christmas Day, just like we want to see the best teams in the NFL on a weekly basis. The NBA usually gets it right. I applaud Commissioner Adam Silver for that. We've got another game, of which is probably, in my humble opinion, going to be the game of the day. And that's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Boston Celtics from the TD Garden. A rematch of the conference semis this past spring in which it went to seven games I believe that game will go down to the wire as well the Boston Celtics Jason Tatum looking like an MVP Giannis is going to do Giannis things give you a, a 35 and 15 and 9 ball game Chris Middleton is going to be a, a, a key player Bobby Portis uh, Brooke Lopez, the this could be, in my opinion, humble opinion. I know this is December. We could be looking at an Easter Conference Finals preview between the Bucks and the Celtics. I I wouldn't rule it out right now. The two best teams in the East squaring off on Christmas Day. I'm here for it. I I'm here for it. It's going to be entertaining, and I know that this game may be the home run of the day. For the NBA. Because to start the morning off. We got the 76ers and the Knicks. Take your pick on that one. At That game will come on. At 11 o'clock. Uh, Central time. On uh, ABC and ESPN. Whichever you can watch the game on. It doesn't matter to me. Who wins. Because I want the. I want the Bucks and Celtics game. At 4 o'clock. And then the Grizzlies and Warriors at 7 p.m. And then we'll end the game with the end of Christmas Day of NBA with the Phoenix Suns traveling to Denver to take on Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. Both teams know each other very well. I think 
Denver is the more better team between the two. Phoenix, I don't know. DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams are not getting getting along. It's it's a hot mess in Phoenix right now. And for our NFL games, we've got let's see here. We've got Brady and the Bucks traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals on Sunday night football. The Buccaneers should win that game. We've got the Packers and the Dolphins Sunday afternoon from Miami. No weather will be the weather won't be an issue because it'll be fairly warm in Miami. The game that the two teams that could have been Super Bowl contenders when this when the seat when we was into the the NFL March Madness of free agency. My podcast brother and grid teammate, Bryson Carver. Shout out to my little brother. Great show today. If you haven't watched or listened to it on The Grid, please go back and listen. I know he is regretting picking the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Rams to be in the Super Bowl this year. And both teams are 4-10 and 10 with three weeks to go in the regular season. Not the picks that he envisioned that would be this bad. The Rams being eliminated from postseason contention along with the Broncos. Bryson, if you're listening, I know that it it pains you that you picked those two teams. (laughs) I know it pains you, bro. I know it pains you. And every time, whenever you pick those two teams, and I was like, okay, I, I can see that happening. But as the season went along, man, Russell Wilson, Broncos country, you went from riding high to crying tears of sadness. You let Russ cook in the in the kitchen and golfed in flames early, and it hasn't been settled down since. The Rams. No Aaron Donald, he's out for the year. They've got Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. Man, I don't think that game's going to be entertaining at all. I don't. I think that's the, the game that'll probably put you to sleep early while you're waiting on the, the Sunday night game to come on between Brady and the Bucks traveling to Arizona. Uh, I think Trace McSorley is going to be starting for the Cardinals and what could be the final games for Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. The Buccaneers, they're fighting for their playoff lives. This team has been bad. Tom Brady can only do so much. And this team's success has kind of been a disappointment. They've underachieved. With lofty expectations of getting back to the Super Bowl, is dwindling. And as I discussed earlier in the the state the early stages of my podcast, I said the missing piece of this team was Bruce Arians. He was an underachieving coach with what he had. He got the most out of that team. He took the front office position and the Buccaneers have been have not been the same team. They got out to a good start, but they hit some rough spots in the road. It throughout the season. I just don't see if the I don't know how this team survives over the next three weeks. 
The NFC South is going to come down between Carolina and Tampa Bay. Atlanta and New Orleans have a puncher's chance. But Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. is only one player as the great Skip Bayless refers to him. He's been not not bad, but not great. I mean, he had a couple games where he had some, some game-winning drives. But man, his defense is terrible. And the offense isn't as potent as it was. A lot going on in Brady's personal life. But it doesn't make up for an excuse of how bad he's played throughout the course of the season. You can't refute that. You can say he's had some game-winning drives. He's had some decent games throwing the football. But in the games that they lost, he's been a bulk of the blame. But we're not but we can't do that to him because he's the great Tom Brady. And I know that people are gonna say, Well, what about what he did in the Super Bowl? I'm not discrediting anything he did in the Super Bowl. I'm talking about right now, you know, twenty twenty two. You know, can this team stay alive and make the playoffs? That's the question right now. I don't believe they can. But we move on to the Monday night football game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Indianapolis Colts coming off of a colossal meltdown against Minnesota in week 15. I'm taking the Chargers. Justin Herbert is going to outplay Nick Foles. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Foles will start for the Indianapolis Colts as they have put Matt Ryan on ice for the time being. The Colts are pro- are out of the are still alive at the moment, but I think they'll lose Monday night. I believe that the Chargers will win, and they will get in the playoffs. Pretty much, they got to win their next two other next three games to get into the playoffs, depending on tiebreakers and whatnot in week eight and week eighteen. But if we had to choose which sport is going to win the ratings tomorrow between tomorrow and Sunday. I think it's leaning more towards the NBA than the NFL, which means I'm going 65% NBA, 35% NFL because of the slate of games for the NFL. We all know that this is the first time that we've had both NFL and NBA on the same holiday. I credit the NBA, uh, the NFL for doing this in order to, you know, give football fans something to watch. So that way they can kind of capitalize on, you know, the marketing and the ratings. The NBA is going to do what the NBA does. They put the best players on Christmas Day for, for us as, you know, basketball fans. I think the, the, the NBA wins the ratings this weekend, 65 to the NFL's 35%. The game that everybody will be most entertained and intrigued by is the Cowboys-Eagles game. That'll probably be the only game most NFL fans will care about because they want to see the Cowboys A, win after losing to the Jaguars or B, lose a close football game. We do know this for a fact. Regardless of what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys, they will be the most viewed game of the weekend. Regardless of what happens in the NFL. 
that would be the game everybody would probably most likely talk about while they're off on their their Christmas break or whatnot from work with the with the family. Moving on to some Christmas sentiments, you know. I just want to, you know, take time to reflect on some things as we approach this wonderful holiday, a day of fun, joy and laughter with with family and friends and loved ones. There's a few things that, you know, that are kind of dear to my heart. You know, I'm trying not to get uh, emotional, you know, talking about it. But, you know, it's going to be kind of a Kleenex alert. So if you got a couple Kleenexes handy, you might want to grab them. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, Saturday, December 24th. A lot of us will be celebrating, you know, family gatherings, you know, having food, appetizers, you know, playing games and exchanging gifts, you know, just see the the joys of, um, you know, everybody's faces when they open their gifts and the oohs and ahs. And we've already had the snow and, and whatnot, but I'm... It, it's kind of a bittersweet holiday for me in general. It's my favorite holiday because it's the last, you know, big family holiday of the year. And as a kid growing up, the things that we, that we, you know, we take for granted, you know, people around us that we love, you know, and what I'm meaning is, there's going to come a time when those that we love and care about won't be here. And with the state of our our mental health is the biggest topic and the biggest forefront since 2020 when the pandemic started. Mental health. There's going to be individuals that, you know, over the weekend that are going to have you know, some, some mental health issues. It's going to be depressing for some and they're going to smile and they're going to work their way through it to keep from, you know, having an emotional breakdown. What saddens me is people suffer in silence and we don't know how to cope from time to time. Trust me, I've been there and the weather changing and the, the the madness of Christmas, you know, people doing their last minute shopping and getting all their food and what they need for, you know, their dinners and whatnot. But I want to take time to reflect on the real reason for the season for this particular holiday. We get so caught up in gifts, expensive gifts, everybody they want that one special gift for Christmas out of all the things they put on their list. I was talking to my mother today as we were as we were driving, you know, just driving around, you know, after you know, leaving the grocery store and whatnot. And we were sitting there and, you know, just think it is 815 Central Standard Time here in the Midwest. All the hype for one day will be here and gone. 
we will open gifts and we'll we'll we'll, we'll show our appreciation and gratitude for what we received from others. But then when we go home and some of us will you know we'll sit and we'll reflect like that like I am right now by humble loft. We'll sit and reflect. Man, it's the end of it. We made it through another Christmas. Thank God. Lord, I thank you. We'll have those moments. But let us not forget the real reason for the Christmas holiday. Jesus is the reason for the season. The birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you've read the birth of Jesus in the Bible, the story, the parable, whatnot, three the three wise men showed up with what they had. It wasn't expensive, extravagant gifts. It was simple stuff, you know, to bring to a baby who was born in a manger, to and a, a virgin mother and a carp a, a carpenter. As I really sit back. And think, what if we took more time to appreciate the gifts that we do have on a daily basis? Waking up, opening up our eyes, walking, using the activity of our limbs. Those are gifts. Being able to, you know, go to work or go to your job and, you know, work your shift and go home. If you can hope and pray that you get there safely going and coming. That's a blessing to be able to have a roof over your head and clothes on your back and shoes on your feet. That's a, those are gifts and blessings right there. Because there's people out there right now that will, will do good to get a hot plate on Saturday or Sunday. There are people right now who are in shelters and with hardly nothing to their name, not even a dollar to their name. And we as people go on a mad hunt every single year for gifts we spend thousands of dollars on christmas and when i think about it it's i love christmas i love the idea of christmas but we have hyped this holiday up bigger than what it is because we forget, we get caught up in gifts and everything else that we forget about the reason for the season. To make it to another Christmas is a gift. To be able to tell someone you love them, that's a gift. The things we take for granted on a daily basis, those are gifts. So, with that being said, make sure... And you tell someone that you love them. That's a gift. To show affection and emotion. That's a gift. To be able to see someone that you probably hadn't seen in years. That could be a gift. A lot of things in our society that we take for granted. You see people on the side of the street walking and... You just you just and I'm the type of person I observe things from a, from afar, and I just say to myself, Lord, I thank you 
I may not have myself together mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, but I'm thankful for what I do have. It's been a journey with mental health. It has been a journey and it's a nonstop battle with depression and anxiety and whatnot. I have my dark days. I'm not afraid of admitting that. I'm not. A, there's no shame in that. But I know there's individuals in our communities who are suffering in silence but afraid to seek help. If you are feeling anxious, depressed, or suicidal, please seek help. Go see a therapist. It's okay to not be okay. And I know the holidays have put a lot of stress on everybody trying to find a good chunk of their gifts on the wish list for their kids and whatnot. It's it's almost become this this is like the biggest holiday of the year in which retail stores make their money. Online online retail stores, they make their money. We have got to be sure we never ever forget the reason for the Christmas season. We should never forget that. Because Without our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ being bored, maybe there is no Christmas. I'm not here to say that's neither here or there. But let us not forget why we celebrate Christmas. Why we celebrate it. We celebrate it with family and friends and everything else that comes with Christmas. Cookies, desserts, all that stuff. But please, ladies and gentlemen... Never forget the reason for the season, which is Jesus Christ. The birth of his birth is the reason we had this season. As I sit here as well, one of my favorite memories and gifts from my my childhood is a gift that my, my late grandfather gave me whenever I was a kid. It was growing up in the 90s and... I loved, you know, toys, you know, like most kids do. My grandpa got me this Case International pedal tractor. Now, for those that don't know too much about me, I grew up on my great-grandparents' farm. I spent many summers there. My grandfather raised Angus beef cattle and he planted beans and corn every spring, every summer. I spent many days riding in the tractors with him during the summer when I could. And that was a gift that that I loved. Out of all the gifts that I've gotten throughout my life, that was the one that I cherished most. Cherish most. To me, people back then they gave from the heart and my grandpa was he was a he was a gentle soul and a wise man as well the night or the morning or that afternoon or evening that I got that tractor for Christmas I rode that tractor until the stern wheel broke I kid you not it was a pedal tractor in I'd always get the little wagon that I had and I'd hook up to it and I'd ride around the, you know, the backyard and 
in the driveway and I'd put my little odds and this stuff in my wagon and I'd be out there pedaling and he'd be standing out on the steps watching me and I'd wave at him like look at me Papa I'm, I'm right I'm, I'm planting you know I'm out here in the field working and he said yep we that's that's what you got to do and that is a memory that I'll that I'll cherish and as each Christmas rolls around there's not a day that, there's not a you know a Christmas that goes by that I don't think about him unfortunately and you know it'll be 8 years on uh, December 31st that my my grandfather's been gone and it's it's a bittersweet evening for me because you know it's, it was the last Christmas that he spent with us in 2014 it was it was like it was the last time I seen him alive and he was smiling from ear to ear in his chair and my my cousin's son was the last person that he got on to he was a year old at the time and you know we had just got down passing out gifts and everything and of course you know he's in there snooping around the gift bags and my grandpa just happened to turn his head and say, get on my bag, boy. And he kind of stood there with this goofy look on his face like, who, me? And it was a it was a Kodak moment because who knew that that was going to be the last time that, you know, that we'd see him. He would, you know, pass away, you know, New Year's Eve of uh, 2014. And each one that passes by, it's it's a little emotional, but... I cherish the the Christmases that I did get to spend with him because that Christmas morning that I got that that tractor was any kid during that time would be happy to have a ride along. It wasn't a power wheels, but it was a pedal. You wanted to get a good workout, get you a pedal versus a, a ride along, but a, a versus a power wheels. And I just happened to be on on uh google and i ran across it and i was like man i seen one of those in years that's a vintage collectible it was it brought a tear to my eye because that's the first person i thought about was my grandpa i could say that was one big gift that he got me as a kid growing up and if i ever find one or run across one i'm going to give it to my kids you know this is you know something even though it's not the original one that I had, it's the sentimental aspect of of the tractor itself, the Case International, because he loved Case International tractors. He farmed with Case International. That's all he farmed with. You bring him a John Deere, he's gonna probably he probably would look at you and frowned, because he was all about Case International, which was one of the big biggest tractor makers in the world and still is outside of John Deere. But he loved his some case international tractors, and to me, that's that's one of probably my favorite gifts I've ever received on Christmas. My favorite Christmas movie of all time is a classic. I can watch it from start to finish and watch it again. Is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. The Griswolds, Cousin Eddie, uh, Ellen, Ellen's uh, relatives and Clark's family under one roof. 
who in a sane mind puts over 20,000 Christmas lights on their house? We all have a Clark Griswold in our family and a cousin Eddie. If you've seen the movie over and over again like I have, Clark Griswold is the classic dad who wants to make sure everybody has the best time. Despite all the shenanigans and everything that the Griswolds go through the week of Christmas. From Cousin Eddie showing up in the RV and him taking Clark's boss Clark's boss hostage because he didn't get his Christmas bonus. To uh, the, the aunt who has Alzheimer's and wraps the cat in the box as a Christmas gift. You would think that that would be enough to drive a sane person crazy. Yes, it would. But through all the, the shenanigans, the Griswold still had a wonderful Christmas. And my favorite scene in the entire movie is when Clark opens up the envelope and thinking it's his Christmas bonus. And it is a, it is a gift certificate to a local uh, donut donut shop or something I think that's what it was and he sits there and goes on a rant and it's like the funniest scene in the whole movie because if you work at a job you work all year and you look forward to that bonus like he was so he can put the in-ground swimming pool in the backyard because he put used used was going to use that money as a down payment for the swimming pool and to open up that boat open up the envelope and not be a bonus check I would have been upset too, so I don't blame Clark Griswold for that. Cousin Eddie, you know, Clark and Ellen wanted to give his kids a nice Christmas, and I can see them walking around in the store, and he's picking up everything but gifts. He's picking up dog food and alcohol and everything else. <laughs> Leave it to Cousin Eddie. Every It has the right intentions. His heart is in the right place, but his mind is not quite there. But... Nevertheless, it's a great classic Christmas movie. I love it. And if you've ever seen it to my younger audiences, watch it. You'll get a kick out of it. It's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. My second favorite Christmas movie would be... Man, if I had to choose a second favorite... I would, I'm going to go old school. It's, a, it's an old school movie. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That would be my second favorite. It's a toss between that one and A Christmas Story. A Christmas Story is another classic from the 80s. That movie never gets old because TNT will show that movie from Christmas morning at 6 a.m. all the way through 8, 9 o'clock, which will be the last time that they'll, the last showing that they'll have of that movie. It's on. All day from the time you wake up till you go to bed. So if you need something to watch between NFL and NBA games on Sunday, a Christmas story will be on along with it's the most wonderful time of the year. I love those three movies in general. Something about Christmas puts me in a great mood. Christmas music. I love Christmas music. My favorite Christmas song this Christmas by Donny Hathaway, the late Donny Hathaway. Great song. Love it. Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. 
classic. And my all-time favorite Christmas song ever, Silent Night by The Temptations. One of the greatest groups, music groups of all time, in my humble opinion. Made one of the most interesting classical Christmas songs a soulful hit. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend it. Christmas music in general, it puts it lifts your spirits a little bit. You've got R&B Christmas, pop Christmas music, any kind of Christmas music. It puts you in a better mood. But overall, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say from my heart to yours, have a very Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Please stay warm. Bundle up if you're planning on going outside with the kids and go sled and whatever. Make sure you got hats and gloves on and take breaks. Come in and warm up so you don't get frostbit. This wind chill has been unbearable. I put it to you like that. It's been unbearable. I will have a special announcement that I will make next Friday night on December the 30th. Uh, it will be an IG live. So if you follow me on my IG page, uh, it'll be on P underscore uh, star eight five, which is where I'm going to make the announcement. You don't want to miss that. It's um, it's going to be a treat. Um, I'm not going to disclose any details at the moment, but I will let you all know what that announcement is uh, next Friday night. Um, it's been a lot going on in my life. And there's some things that I need to um, say. And I just hope that if you're if you follow me, that you will be uh, states will be on the live. You know, you can watch it live and whatnot. Um, you've got a great weekend of sports. You know, the college football games, the bowl games are underway. They started uh, last week, I think. And I just hope everybody stays safe, you know. I know that mental health is a very serious matter right now. Like I say, and I say it on my show and I will keep saying as long as I am on this podcast, if nobody told you today, they love you. I love you. I may not know you from Adam and Eve, but I send my sincere thoughts and kind words and warm hugs from a distance to your heart today or tonight. I should say. That is all the Christmas chaos we have for tonight. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to The Grid Sports Network on YouTube along with wherever you may listen to your your podcasts. Be sure you check out the other content creators as well. And I want to give a big shout out to my my Grid teammates, Bryson Carver, Barry Grant Jr., our co-founder, Mike Guido, Ryan Flowers, uh, Cowboys Kid fan, and... uh, Alfred Parshar Jr. from our our GERD teammates are amazing, and our our editor in chief Mello, who works behind the scenes on our uh, our web page. Um, also, be sure you follow us on our social medias on uh, the Grid on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and I believe we're on TikTok if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong, but I think we're on TikTok as well. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at chaotic P and on Instagram at P underscore star eight five or the uh, chaotic sports podcast uh, podcast page on Instagram. I've got 
hopefully everybody stay safe, stay warm, enjoy the holidays with your family and friends and loved ones. Just just stay safe, y'all, for real. Tomorrow's not promised. If you're traveling, please give yourself enough time to uh, go where you need uh, make sure you've got enough time to get to your destination. Don't put yourself in harm's way. Um, I know these road conditions with, with the snow that some, you know, went through here. Drive safely. Drive carefully. Uh, if you're flying out of state, um, please be careful. I know you're in the air. We pray for the pilots and all those who are behind the, the, behind the wheel of the plane. Uh, I hope that Everybody has fun, enjoys themselves, and be sure to be very thankful for the gifts you do receive this Christmas because somebody didn't have to go out of their way to show to, you know, to show their appreciation and gratitude and give you a gift as as a token of love. That is all the Christmas chaos for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you all on the next installment. With that being said, Merry Christmas. I love y'all. Peace out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.